Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive of rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's something about Manchester, a thoroughly modern city in leading light of the 21st century. We're back. Right, before we get into European Super League or Europa Super League or ESL or whatever it's going to be called, we have a chat with Paul about Curzon. Um, obviously two seasons now curtailed. How's, how's it been at the club? What's what's been the effects of all this? Well, you know, it, it's so frustrating, isn't it? If, if you had that sort of magic ball, a crystal ball, and could have looked back to the start of, of COVID, I think most right-minded people would have just said, like, pause the 2018-19 season and, and try and complete it, because to not complete two, two's been horrendous. Mm. Um Obviously, there was a lot in the news about why we, at our level, uh, in the north, we we started the season as well. We we were promised funding uh, in lieu of not being able to, you know, in play in front of spectators, um, and so frustrating at the end of it that we 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 had no choice but to to curtail the season again because yeah. we just had no income as as most of the clubs in our our division uh, didn't have either. So, yeah, just frustrating above all else yeah what's it been like obviously player wise because you, you've done a massive rebuild obviously Steve Cunningham's coming huge rebuild got some decent players in there so how's how's that been like n- not so much just with Curzon but across the league is the players moving around or is it just a case of everyone's starting with the same team next year and just see how it goes a little bit I think it, yeah I mean there's, there's a couple of clubs um, that have, have announced re-signings and signings for next season already I think um, the gaffer said well, we played the longest pre-season ever last year so he's, he's, he's mindful that this year we want to come back at the right time be focused get the players in that, that he wants but you know there's been a, a core of lads that have, have uh, tried to train obviously Covid um, subject to the Covid rules and stuff like that um, players will move on um, and and we'll we'll probably see some new faces. I'm absolutely certain. Yeah, well that's it with non-league. Obviously, I love it. You've played with every team in non-league. <laughs> you all know what it's like moving about. Um, yeah. Take yourself back 50 years when you were playing. Yep. <laughs> so take years. yourself back to obviously when you were playing. At this moment in time, what, what would you as a player sort of be thinking and and doing? What would you, what would be in your mindset? I think for me, I just loved playing. So uh, I I just wanted to. Be, be playing for anybody so if if I had the opportunity to play for 
well, I, I know how my mind works. If if the season's ended, I just want to get on the field and do some football. And I know that you've got quite a lot of grassroots that are come back. I mean, there's a couple of guys that are, that are signing on to teams in these leagues just mm. to get game time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that'd be that'd be exactly where my mind would be. I'd be like, it's all right doing runs, going for a run, doing drills, short, sharp stuff. But I want to play competitive football, yeah. contact-based stuff. So I think for me, I pro- it'd probably be short-term thinking. I'd be like, right let me have a look at the Manchester Premier League or somewhere like that and let me just go and get some minutes and play some games in these in these small friendly competitions that, that they're doing um, and then long term um, I'd probably just be looking at the club that I've just that I'm, that I'm at yeah, yeah. because if especially if they've been good to you and, you, and th- this day and age they, they are quite good to you do you know what I mean so um, I, that's what I'd be looking at but if you then look at my <laughs> my, my club record <laughs> it probably says something totally different from what I'm saying right now <laughs> What um, plans for the future then? Obviously, last season, a, a lot of, like I said, I did a lot with, with Curzon. We, mm. we spoke with a lot of players. A lot of them were focused on, on playoffs and aiming to sort of get up there. What's the plans for next season? Yeah. Similar? Or is it a case of, again, let's just go for it and sort of see what happens? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the gaffer set his target, didn't he, last season, Steve? And um, that's, got, that's got to be the same target. Yeah, nothing's changed, really. Um, we just got to the point in the season where we got the decent balance throughout the squad yeah. um, you know they, they got the knowledge of one another's games because like you said before they all came together pretty much as a, an entirely new group barring yeah, yeah. one or two players um, so you know hopefully we can keep that nucleus together then we pick up where the bat, you know, pick the baton up where we left off and hit the ground running and on our day we can be as good as anybody in, yeah. in that league I think so uh, yeah same target let's try and try and get as much out of the season as possible I think well, I think one thing for me is because I, I, I was at Kers- many moons ago but I was at Curzon for a short period of time in the, the early 2000s and I think now just looking at the setup and stuff it's one of, probably one of the, the best clubs to go and play for mm. but based off the setup and, and the facilities that they've got like as a player it's, it's, it's an un- unreal setup to, pl- to play from I mean is is that something that you're proud of and that you that you try to put out there to these young players that are trying to come into this a- kind of league? Absolutely, and I think um, you know again we've done a lot of that. The Steve has done a lot of that uh, this this season in particular. The players that we signed and and reputations and the careers that they've had today, or you know the you know, the, the the type of prospects, the young lads that we brought in, um, were brought in with the help of some you know. Top pros, you know, that, that have played the game and, and and know what a good setup looks like. Hopefully, and um, so they've encouraged players to come and play, get the games in. If we can help develop young players' careers so they can either get back into the full time game or whatever, that's what we want to do. But you're absolutely right; we're very very proud of our setup, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, we're a self sufficient club. We 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 haven't got the the you know the, we're not bankrolled. So we haven't got all the money in the world, but like, like you were just saying, sometimes it's about playing football, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, not being promised the earth, and and then not getting it. It's whatever level you play at, you know, just go and enjoy yourself. And I think that's what the gaff has said. I think the gaff, uh, the the fact that the the previous season curtailed as well, left us in a position where lads were hungry for the football as well. Um, and us being able to give them that platform with the facilities, with the kit with the the type of environment that we create because we are still a community club there's mm. you know a lot of the lads actually that were signed to us this season a couple of them getting involved 
um, with the junior setup going yeah. into the next season. A couple of lads already did that as well. So it, it, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling, and and uh, yeah, something we're really proud of. Definitely, like I say, I love it down there. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, just remind us again, charity match. What date is it at? Nineteenth of May. Nineteenth yeah. of yeah. May. That's so uh, trial match, hopefully. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're go- we're going to try and raise some money for a couple of uh, well, hospital and children's hospital and a hospice for Corinthians. Uh, a couple of our younger players have, have, have been in hospital, and we we want to try and give them something back out of it. Um, and yeah, it, hopefully it'll be a bit of fun. And, yeah. and as I say, chance to, for everybody to have a bit of a laugh at Absolutely. the end of what has been a, another drawn out <laughs> year or so. I know. Absolutely crazy. Right, we're going to go to, I know you're going to love this one, lovey. Go on. Ain't no doubt, Jimmy Nail. Oh my God. Absolute, absolute <laughs> belter of a track. We're going to go to that, and then we're going to get onto this topic of uh, the European Super League. Absolute belter of a track, that Jimmy Nail. I'm buzzing. So you just thought he only had crocodile shoes, didn't you? Yeah, mate. Do you know what? When because of how he sounds, I didn't think that was him. I've heard that song before. Have you? Didn't think it was Jimmy Nail. Jesus tonight, lovely. <laughs> right, we're going to get into it. European Super League. Every man and his absolute dog's got an opinion over these past twenty-four hours. Everyone's seen Gary Neville up in arms over it straight away. I've been watching Sky Sports News. Ex-players coming out. Football fans. The whole lot. I'm going to start with you, lovely. What is your opinion? Um, well, what I will say is when when I was a kid and I was when I was younger in school, I used to dream about something like that. I used to, in my mind I was like, imagine if all the best teams in all the best countries played in this big competition or in a big league. It would be so good. Um, and, and so my first initial thought for it was, that's not too bad. That, <laughs> that doesn't sound all right. And then the more and more I heard on the on the news and stuff, um, everybody was against it football fans I mean it, it sparked when, when Gary Neville started speaking for Sky and I think I, I said this off air before but I think that there was very clever Sky where, in, in the way they did that because they, they it was a way for them to get everybody behind them and I feel like the amount of money that they'd seek to lose if this European Super League starts that's why they've they're in uproar I don't necessarily think that their best interest is the fans like they're saying it is I think it's more that if we lose six of the best teams in the Premier League, the yeah. biggest powerhouses in the Premier yeah. League to somebody else, we can't charge what we can charge in terms of TV rights and, and everything else. You can't knock you 40 quid a month and try and sting you for pay-per-view as well on top of it, can we? Nope. I'll tell you now, and this is what I think, if the European Super League goes ahead, Sky's in there for the bidding. Well, they will be. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be one of the biggest money makers ever. Yeah. Paul, Kurz and Ashton, we've got in. You're staying with us for the show, aren't you now? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, United fan? Man United fan, yeah. About time we had a fellow United fan. <laughs> <laughs> we two City fans for the past couple of weeks. Um, give us your opinion. I think the the inevitable has come, hasn't it? I think um, football has changed at the top level. You know, we're, we're, we're currently in a season that's been played by about six sets of different rules in, anyway with, with the interpretation of yeah. that. The, the, it'll be the only probably the last championship that's won in this way um, and it would football generally is just getting further and further away mm. and it's no surprise I think um, certainly from a United point of view the Glazers employ somebody with a background of being able to manipulate situations or convince people convince people with lots of money to back them and it sounds like they've got that backing now and um yeah, it's almost the inevitable. Um, 
and it, above all else, it's it's sad, isn't it? It's really sad that people today are, are talking about not renewing season tickets, so on and so forth. And you know, personal from a personal point of view, I've always thought the whoever owns or runs a club, they won't beat me because I'm a Man United fan and I've, I've been there since I was a kid. My uncle actually died, sat next to me in the stand at Man United. You know, it, it's in my blood like it is loads of people. Mm. And and I've always thought they'll never beat me. But yeah, maybe maybe this is if it comes off it. Yeah, it'll, it'll be 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 the biggest uh, separation of supporters for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're talking that if it's to go ahead, then they're out of the Premier League. The players are out of international. Um, scene and it's just however many games it is and and that's them for me I, I think that I think the hand's been forced with the way the Champions League progressed over the years Champions League as we used to know it back in the 90s you had to be a champion to get in mm. end of now it's going the same way as the World Cup and you're playing the likes of Cluj and Young Boys and some random teams and it's lost that that spark and obviously they're trying to open it up again I think is it 34 teams 34 teams they're trying to open it up again to obviously generate more cash no one's interested in group games anymore they're all interested in the knockout stages so for the big clubs they want the big money the the big money is in the knockout stages which 9 times out of 10 the big clubs reach and it it just becomes for me I I don't really bother I'm a United fan the same as you so we've We've not had it too much, but when it is Champions League, you see them, you're playing, um, say the likes of Cluj and stuff like that, or, or Bruges or whatever, you're not that interested. Yeah. And I think if it was done in a certain way, as in the big wigs play this Champions League football, not a league and stuff like that, if they've gone about it a different way, maybe people might have warmed to it a little bit more because I think as a spectacle to play, it would be, it'd be great, obviously, playing the 10, 15 teams who are on top of the European scene, yeah. I think it'll be brilliant. But I think a league would be boring after a while. I think, obviously, the knock-on effect is absolutely massive. And the away days is a coach, uh, coach trip and a half, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just, but, <laughs> just around the away days, it would be more of a, it'd be more of a trip because... If you think about it, they're, they're probably, if they're coming away from every other um, competition that they could possibly be involved in, then the games would be on a Saturday. Yeah. So if you're a fan and you're, play, you're Manchester United and you're playing Real Madrid, then the chances are is you're going to be playing Real Madrid in Madrid on a Saturday. You so wouldn't need to book any time off work. It's a Thursday to Sunday weekend. And that might be something that, that, that entices people into it a little bit because the Champions League's on a, on a weekend, on a Tuesday, on a weeknight, sorry, a Tuesday, Wednesday night, really very rushed. Uh, if you're going to go to an away day Champions League game, you've got to book three, four days holiday yeah, yeah. off to, to go away. Um, and, and I'm with you with the with the Champions League. I liked it when it was the European Cup. Yeah. And if you was a champion, you go into this competition. Well, it's called the Champions League. It's not if you're runner up in an FA Cup final, you get through type thing, is it? It's yeah. Champions. So for me, if you win league, you're in it, and that that should just be it. Yeah. Which is strange, really, isn't it? Because you've got te- teams in that six from England who are. Uh, oh man. In, in fact, I, I can't remember when. A couple of them actually won anything last well, or in, in my lifetime. So Arsenal, two thousand and four. Us, obviously, United, mm. two thousand fourteen. Um, Spurs, never. Never. It's, so what's, so what's it? Shot. So what's it based on? Like yeah. you know, no one should have a divine right, should they? No. no one should have a divine right to to say that they're bigger than the other. 
Um, Especially well, when you've, you've got Arsenal mid-table. Yeah, Spurs absolutely. just sacked Mourinho mid-table-ish, aren't they? They're not really doing much. Like you, You've got teams that are probably now bigger because it's the old, it used to be the top four, that was the top six, and because it's changed, it's like, the, like I say, a given right to be that, but they shouldn't be. What, what's it based on? Is it based on TikTok followers? Though, or <laughs> yeah. what is I, it? I, I yeah. think it's probably based on financial, like the financial side of it. Uh, these clubs are big because they're powerhouses, they've got money, they've got lots of fans. Uh, that's probably the way they've looked at it. And I think the way it sounds like it's being set up is very similar to the way the MLS is set up in, mm. in the States. Mm. As you, you're a franchise and you buy into the league, just like any American sport, they buy into the league. There's no relegation, there's no promotion, it is just one competition. Um, and, and they do it that way. Uh, I think I, I was saying to you earlier that in the MLS, since that's been reformed and remade, there's only been one one club that's ever gone bust. Um, because what they do is um, they look at a 30 year, can you can you facilitate financially for 30 years that this that this club will stay in this division, mm. generate the revenue and have a, have, a, have a fan base and then it stays like that. And I, I think we said it a couple of shows ago, that it's like a standalone league that because it's nothing like any other league. No. And it seems like just hearing some of the stuff from the, this European Super League is that's what they want to try to create. It, it, it's definitely based on, on an American model, isn't it? 100%. But, um, you know, those franchises are, are, are at the core of American sports, aren't they? With NFL, yeah. MLS, baseball. And, you know, they, they pick those franchises up and they move them from LA to, <laughs> you know, to, to Nevada, back to, again. to New York, and back again, don't they? Yeah. And, and, that's the, that's different. I'm just thinking now. I'm a United fan. You're a City fan. So which team's going to come out on top with a franchise in Manchester? Because there won't be space for two, will they? Presumably. Mm. I don't think there's a Midlands club in that mix. So uh, I think lead- we've been here longest. So we'll we'll, we'll stay where <laughs> we are. Maybe it lead us, which we're going to go on after we're going to chat about this longer. But you've got a cracking um, love is legendary tales this week about a biggest club in Manchester. I think we'll leave it on that one there. But I think it's gonna it ties in really well with that. Um, it's, my my sort of last thoughts on it is is this now. Football now is purely business. Yeah. There's there's no fans involved. Uh, I think I was watching Sky Sports News today, and um, a board member had, had come out and said basically it's business first, and then we'll think about the fans after. And that's it. It's purely down to money. What I rated me the most though today or was yesterday. Boris Johnson come out and saying about football teams the local communities blah 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 you see so many teams going to the wall yeah. mm. and it's something like this obviously United City Chelsea they've got millions upon millions of pounds we talk about Berry, Wigan nearly going out Bolton nearly going out of business Rochdale are struggling Stockport you know these these for us great Manchester big clubs and it takes something like this to go oh do you know what teams are like the cornerstone of of local towns mm. but they, they were they'd do more mm. wouldn't they we've, we're going to get into a little bit later on about a ripple effect down into non-league but um, obviously behind the scenes a little bit financially say with Curzon and stuff mm-hmm. like that what are the sort of say positive implications touching slightly positive implications of something like this yeah I mean I'll the positives, I think, and just looking at Twitter today, if you look at any non-league club, the reaction has been, right, we can leave United and City behind now, or Liverpool, whoever it is, leave them behind and, and go back to your local teams. Mm. 
I was I was never a great supporter in creating a club because there were more than enough clubs, you know, uh, out there in the first place in in the communities. Um, I think it'll be positive, and the big thing about it is, you know, if you come through a gate of a non-league side, every pound that you pay is is going towards yeah, helping that yeah, club. Yeah. You know, it, it makes a difference, and uh, hopefully, you know, a few people will see the light and. Uh, We'll add, we'll add a few more on the attendances. I, I agree. I do think that, that if, if this European Super League does get created, I think lower down the pyramid, I think you will see more, more spectators turn up to those types of games. People will buy, boycott clubs when they, when they join that, just like, just like United did when yeah. the Glazers first come into play and FC United has formed. Like, I think that will happen. And people love football and they just want to watch football. Like, well, we've, t- we've talked about it millions of times. As soon as they open grassroots football, people just wanted to go and stand on the side of a field and yeah. watch an yeah, yeah. actual game of football play. Yeah. And I think that, I, I really do think that that would help the, the lower uh, the, the, the lower pyramid clubs uh, in terms of your other Premier League clubs that have got massive amounts of revenue that they've got to try and abide by. That's going to bite them on the backside. Whereas the real lower level clubs, I, I think it might help them, just, just like you said, in terms of getting people back into the grounds putting the money back into a club to then funnel it back, back through I think it, I, I just think it would possibly work better for those lower league clubs we're going to get on that in depth later on bringing it back European Super League does it go ahead or not what's your opinion uh, I don't think it will not reckon you reckon no. it'll get kiboshed yeah I think that uh, t- too many people are writing up pro with it yeah um, and, I, and I think that at the moment the big clubs are standing the ground a little bit but I think revenue and money speaks volumes, and if people are going to pull the plug and not spend any money, I don't, I don't think that it'll, it'll go. Paul, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it can. Um, what are the repercussions? Like obviously, they've made a bit of a big statement now, haven't they? So, what are the repercussions on the back of this? Are they going to be like tails between the legs? Oh, we'll come back. Like fans, obviously, an uproar. You see, I think Andrew Herrera's come out, hmm. said some of his, his ex players coming out. I think Bruno Fernandez. As, as stood behind Herrera sort of so what's what's the sort of face of football going to be if this doesn't happen well I th- I don't I don't think there will be repercussions because I think as much as um, the clubs will need the league if this European Super League doesn't go ahead the league needs the clubs yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that if, if you take out Manchester United Manchester City Liverpool Chelsea all your American viewers ain't going to watch it yeah. Do you know what I mean? The reason why um, people get angry at the lower clubs in the Premier League for uh, scheduling and times is because they suit the bigger clubs. So th- they'll just be happy to have them back. I don't think there'll be any repercussions. There'll be no point deductions. There won't be any anything like it. It'll just be like, right, well, let that be a warning to you. But thank God they've not left. <laughs> That's what I think it'll be like. Yeah. I think as fans as well, if United open back up, you're going back, aren't you? Well, you, you know what, and this is—I've been thinking that all today. Not, not once we talked. There've been the suggestions of points deductions. Gary Neville said it yesterday, but who does that hurt? <laughs> don't hurt. Any, no. Don't hurt anybody other than the Fans? likes of us. Unless, yeah, unless City it? get a nine-point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they've had the uh, yeah they they've had sounds <laughs> like they they were the ringleaders in it all. I was yeah, going to say that's very nice. Won't we the last ones to come out and go? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair you get a 9-10 point <laughs> right lovey um, tell us what your lovey's legendary tales is 
after this blur part life. So yeah, so um, the reason why I've chosen this is it's usually around about a, a, a football player's career or the the way a mad story around football. But what what it is now? It's based on a football club that was formed and created in central Manchester uh, that was kind of like in your words kiboshed based on two of the biggest clubs in, in, in Manchester Manchester City United so it's around a club called Manchester Central um, and how big they could have been to what happened so it's just their journey really proper interesting story as well uh, we'll have Park Life by Blur and then we'll get straight into it right lovey it is with it Manchester Central FC Love his legendary tales. So, yeah, like I said just before um, the, the break, I've gone with this just based around everything else that's gone on with the um, with the European Super League that's that's been announced that might be happening and stuff. So, uh, and also, I played I played against this team <laughs> in the Manchester Premier League. About I think it was about eight, 17, 18, and eighteen and nineteen, uh, and I heard of the name Manchester Central. Well, that's a catchy name. That's pretty decent. Um, and just did a little bit of research on it and. The reason why I find it's quite fitting is because everybody wanted this team to to grow and be big, apart from two really big clubs. Well, at, at now the massive clubs in world football, Manchester City United. So uh, the team was formed in 1928 uh, by Manchester City director John Ayrton uh, and the owner of Bellevue uh, Bellevue uh, Racecourse. So. Um, because Bellevue was a, a massive stadium and they had, they had a pitch on there, not race course, sorry, the dogs track, um, they, they looked at building a club for Manchester cent- central Manchester uh, because Manchester United was Newton Heath uh, and Manchester City had just moved out of, out of East Manchester. Um, so what they, was lo- what they was looking for was, we want a, we want a team that is for people from the city, city centre of Manchester. Sorry, actually, City uh, was Stockport-based. Yeah. Um, so the club jo- the club joined the Lancashire, the Lancashire Combination League in its first year in 1928. Um, in 29-30 season, they did um, they did won quite a lot of things. Uh, so they'd won the their amateur league. Uh, they were starting to grow up, build up, and they was starting to get fan a fan base in at home games of around about eight and a half thousand for amateur football. Mm-hmm. So they was building up this reputation. I'm really generating. That's mad. That eight and a half thousand. Eight and a half thousand for amateur football fans. What league were they in? They was in the Lancashire Combination League. Wow. So they've done they've done what three se- two and a half seasons, and then that's what it all started to to boot off. They had a, a pre-season friendly against Manchester City, uh, and they they, they they got in that game. Just, it was just under hundred thousand fans in a pre-season friendly. Imagine the health and safety. <laughs> <laughs> There's no seats, is there? All stood up and around and around. Wow, Bellevue. that's crazy. Um, in in the 1930-31 season, uh, so they, they bidded to join the football league. So there's 92. There was 92 teams in the football league, and what's fitting and what what fits um, the European Super League at the minute is that during those times there was no progression from non-league teams to go into for the football league. It was very similar to what this uh, European Super League is. Is you had to buy in, um, and because there was a team from Wembley, there was uh, I think it was Brighton, New Brighton, and Manchester Central wanted to enter, so they started to look at a vote because there's all these new teams starting to be created. We can't just if they've got the money, we can't just let them all join. So they created a system to then start to look at how do we get 
let these teams in or let them down and not let them be part of the league. So they did votes. Um, so the, there was a, a massive in Preston. That's where the headquarters was. So this is in 1931. They did a big, massive uh, a bid, uh, and 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 they, all these all the the Manchester Central guys rocked up. They wanted to be brought brought into the league. They've got this big, massive fan base. They're really growing. They're really getting really. Big. Hang on, what a jump from the Lancashire combination league up yeah. to the football league. Yeah. So this, what's this, that jump? Do you know? Oh God, jeez. Uh, it was it'd probably about what was it? You're looking at probably the seventh tier. Was it? Possibly. That's a jump, that, isn't it? Thought so, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So, so, but, but because there was no there was no promotion from non-league into professional football, you could just apply. Right. And if you had the money and the funds, you could enter. So what they did was they looked at all Greater Manchester clubs and they let them vote on this Manchester Central um, being entered into the league. So they did this. They did, they did a big vote, big poll. So uh, you, all your Greater Manchester clubs, Wigan, Bolton. Um, Preston Berry, they've all voted yes, and then Manchester City and Manchester United have voted no, and Manchester United uh, created a really big uproar because at the time I think it was in the third division and they was getting fans up to around twenty seven thousand in their right. games. However, Manchester Central was starting to now build up lots of traction mm-hmm. and get a lot of fans in, and Manchester City and United both thought that if we bring a third Manchester club in it's going to be the death of one of us um, United they, they did say I'm not just saying that because I'm a City fan whatever, <laughs> whatever. How, however I kind of believe just off what I've read that it would have been the death of both clubs because it seemed like the people of Manchester were seeking a central Manchester based club to support the crazy thing is, is there was black and white stripes and it's called the Magpies <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so um they, they did this poll, they did this debate, and, and, and they, they had this thing, but United and City really did dig in. And because they had lots and lots of pull within uh, the footballing community, everybody voted against them. So Manchester Central had gone from getting, what, a, a pre-season friendly of under 100,000, I think it's like 90,000 fans, yeah, yeah. watching a pre-season friendly against Manchester City. Average attendance of 8,000 for home games at, at a Lancashire amateur league. To then, at the end of that meeting, being told no, and the club failed and then folded the year after. All right, we're just done. So the club failed wow. to exist after that. So the, 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 the chairman, who was the up former chairman of Manchester City, just went, well, if we can't enter that, there's, there's pretty no much point. very similar to what we're saying about the, the, the European Super League. There's nowhere else to go. <laughs> what can we do? Where can we enter? These, pe- these fans are going to get fed up of watching amateur football soon. So what can we do? So the club folded um, and United and City's history started to grow. Uh, but I always wonder what that would have been like if Manchester Central would have continued to to grow and develop because I I do believe it probably would have been the death of all of Greater Manchester clubs. Yeah, because the thing is obviously in London it's quite big, so you can have that vast like uh, teams, Birmingham, like sort of Midlands area. Vast mm. Manchester is relatively small in it for big clubs. Do you yeah. know what I mean you've, you've got your your boundary clubs as such, but to have three teams with powerhouses yeah yeah, yeah that would have been it would have been great I think but um, well, would yeah, it but um, I don't know I mean, obviously if they're getting eight and a half thousand they've got a following yeah already it, I think and it was. It I think grow. it was probably around that time. People was a lot, a lot more stubborn than we, than we are. Yeah. Now. I know we're a stubborn generation now, but I think that because it was really central Manchester, and you had yeah, yeah. you had the uh, United over in Newton Heath, and then you had um, Manchester City in Stockport. I think they probably just 
it just it just magnated to that's what we that's what we want. Yeah. Um, a couple of other interesting things is when FC United uh, was being formed, they was they went through the process of thinking about taking the name Manchester Central. Yeah. So they they was teetering be- between what name to have, and because of the history and what had happened with Manchester Central, they thought should we take that name uh, and then look at building around that area, but. They didn't. They chose because it was a breakaway mm. from Manchester United. It yeah, was yeah. more fitting to do that, uh, and nobody really wants black and white stripes if you're a central <laughs> Manchester-based team. But obviously, if Manchester Central come through, you wouldn't have really had the predominant red versus blue. No. So obviously, it would have completely changed the landscape. Well, so we we think it's early now because we associate that with say Notts County and on Newcastle and Sunderland, don't we? Yeah. But obviously, it would just be now the norm that. We'd have them sort of colours. Yeah, I, I think I think here. that I think that maybe the three of us would have been sat here, would have been supporting Manchester Central and moaning about Manchester Central going into the Super League. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I really, yeah. I really do think that off all of the the data, the info that I've got, I really do think that they could have been a powerhouse. They could have really been big, and they might have been like a Newcastle or one team, a, a, a one club yeah. from the city. It was it was just, and then like I said, in 2017 they reformed uh, and they they played out of uh, the state I don't know what it's called the stadium next to the Etihad um, yeah the mini stadium the mini stadium yeah not the one that not the new Etihad campus that mm, they've built right, but the yeah. mini stadium so they played out of there uh, and the aim was to climb back up the leagues and, and become a force again um, after 2019-20 they got into they, they climbed the leagues quite quick because they did have a, a good management they used I tell you what, I, I, only when you said it the other day I remember watching them yeah uh, I was down at Awood St James or Jimmy's as we know it um, and I remember being down there, and they had this setup, cameras, uh, photography, like proper yeah. professional setup. And I'm thinking, who are these guys here? They, f- they, f- they filmed. Like, they filmed every game. Yeah. So they filmed they? every one of the games. Yeah. And um, they had. It was Manchester Sport College or Sports University. They used their p- the players from there. So a lot of the players had been released from pro clubs or whatever, and they've come through that that kind of system. Mm. Uh, so they're technically gifted. They had some real good players. Um, and then they just climbed. They went up from the first of Manchester First Division into the Manchester Prem, straight into the North West Counties. Uh, and then I, I'm not too sure what broke down, but I know that um, people started to come away. Yeah. Uh, I think I think some went to Chester City's under 21s or under 18s. Uh, I think the manager there, the then manager, moved over to Chester as a, as a youth team coach. And because he was like the real driving force, yeah. they lost the players. And then it all just thingy, but. It just didn't. It ceased ceased to exist for the second time of trying. Second time. Yeah. Imagine if they just started again, though. Like, I don't know what they did, but if they started again, and it it might obviously rolled on a little bit of say of a, of a Salford side. Mm. I think I don't you, think you'd it would. have no no choice this time, would they? Yeah. Well, I I don't I don't think it would now because City and United are way too big. Yeah. Mm. Way too big. And and. But they're fully established as well. Now. Exactly. There's, there's yeah. no one going to be bigger now. You, you and, sort of have a tier system and such in. Great yeah. Manchester teams, don't you? Yeah, and and during and during um, the time uh, back then in twenty eight twenty nine, I think United was having real financial struggles, and there was in the low. Around the time, like I don't know if I'm right or not, but um, weren't that around the time City were lending United kits? Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. I think there's in. I'm, I'm terrible with United history, which is, but um, yeah, there. I think there was a period where. Um, Gibson, we, we were really struggling financially, and, and the Gibson guarantee was put in place, which mm. just uh, took us through and, and stabilised United through history. 
Um, obviously, all that was pre-Munich as well, so yeah. the sort of wider support as well that United generated thereafter would, yeah. would have been there. Would have would have been interesting to see if the uh, vote would have gone the other way. Definitely. I know. Yeah. Uh, the, it, it even says uh, just on the last bit of my notes is that they even had a Welsh international, uh, Brett Bert Gray play in Manchester Central side <laughs> team in the last season so there was even getting interest of international football players to play for them and there wasn't in a professional league yet no I mean obviously playing non-league and playing in front of 8,500 would have been would have been like the attraction and I presume as well by the sounds of it bankrolled weren't they yeah yeah. Back, way way back then well, it, it, look, a few look, shillings knocking about or whatever the currency was <laughs> well, well, look, look, at, look at FC United when they first started like you was getting 4,000 fans a week so as a player it doesn't matter where you was playing like to play in front of that many people when you never have before it's it's, it's going to be an, of interest to, to you isn't it so yeah. the fact that Manchester Central are like we're generate. We're gonna. well they're looking at building a 35,000 capacity stadium which will fill with season tickets it's a no-brainer for any player that wants to go and play there. Do you reckon they'll come back a third time? Um, Do you reckon it'll be worth I, it? As someone involved in Curzon, I'd say let's hope not. <laughs> plenty, 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 of, plenty of teams around uh, Greater yeah. Manchester. I, I think I think it's I think they've tried and failed twice, so I, I don't think so. But you you just never know, do you? Well, that is it. You just never know. Uh, right, we are going to go into our half-time requests. Paul, have you got any half-time requests? Or oh, a bit of James, please, if you've got any. Love it. Who did I say? Stereophonics. Stereophonics, yeah. I think we've got a bit of Oasis as well. Um, get us across the socials. It is uh, the Football Man Cave. We will be talking a little bit. Well, we've got the, we've got the pub quiz coming up. We um, are going to be talking to you, Paul, about possible ripple effect mm-hmm. down into the um, into the leagues. Hopefully it should be decent. And if you've got any questions for us, hit us up on the on the socials. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on European Super Leagues. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Mourinho. In fact, we'll just quickly quickly. We've got a minute left or so. Mourinho, what do you think? He's uh, gone. Do you think he's done? Oh, do I think he's done? Um, I think he should be. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's kind of um, just fell out of love with it by the looks of things. That's what I think. Yeah, I think he should take some time out and, and enjoy, enjoy his enjoy his rest break and enjoy enjoy the money that he's made. <laughs> it's uh, it's just come through. I'm going to read it now. Uh, it, it's just said, no need for a break. I'm always in football. As Mourinho, it looks like he's done one of his infamous walking down London streets having a chat with a reporter type, <laughs> uh, like he did after was it United? Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think? Obviously, we've we've sort of seen him. At United, I think you were losing the plot then. I think he should have never gone back to Chelsea personally. I, I think, think since then he's, he's, he's yeah, gone it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, isn't it? I think um, at United we had a manager that had a, the longest ever purple patch. Maybe Mourinho had his, and it was a little bit shorter and a bit more like the norm. And uh, yeah, it's come to the end of his, his his period of influence now. Maybe yeah, yeah. It's quite sad to see. Obviously, what he achieved at Chelsea, Porto, Inter Milan, Madrid, Chelsea again. I think he's built himself up to be such a a character in the game as such, and and obviously wherever he goes, he wins trophies. I think that pressure by the looks of it, cause he, he looks like he cracks, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he he's become a caricature almost, doesn't he? Yeah, like a, a tribute act to himself, basically, isn't it? 
Right, we'll get on to the uh, half time. Manchester Radio. You're listening to the Football Man Cave Radio Show, live from the city of the footballing universe, Manchester. You're on the air. This is Manchester Radio Online. Manchester Radio. This is your Manchester, your music. Right, Ian's pub quiz. You ready? Second week with no beer as well, actually. We need to get this sorted out, love it, don't we? <laughs> um, I said I was going to get a jingle. Yeah. Get a jingle for it. How's it going to go? I don't know yet. Da-da. Ian's pub quiz. Ding. Right, you ready? Paul? Yeah. Love you looking at going 3 and 0. First one. This is for three points, this. Oh, go on then. Three players share the record for most Premier League red cards. Who are they? You get a point for each. Richard Dunn. Yeah. My turn. Go on. Vinny Jones. No. Uh, I'll go next. Carragher. Nope. Nemanja Vidic. No. Oh god. Um, eight red eight red cards each. He's had. I'll give you one more guess each. Uh, eight red cards each. Is give us a give us a clue. Midfielder. Played at Premier League. <laughs> 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 um, Premier League. Uh, Premier League. Sorry. Yeah. Midfield. Uh, midfielder. Attacker. Midfielder. Uh, bad tackling midfielder. Joy Barton. No. Oh. Robbie Savage. No. Patrick Vieira. Really? Eight red cards. Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson. Oh, you forget about Duncan. <laughs> I know. Big dunk. <laughs> Love it. Took that round. 1 0. 1 0. Right. Which country? This is a multiple choice, this one. Which country has won one World Cup alongside England? Was it Uruguay, Spain, or Argentina? Who's going for it? Oh, just jump in. Argentina. Uruguay. Neither. It was Spain. Was it? They've only won one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Uruguay, I think Uruguay two. Two, yeah. Argentina two. Because Uruguay won the first two, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually thought Spain had had won it more, but... No, thinking about it now, yeah, they only won it in that year that they uh, did the... Was it the Euros? Yeah, they did the Euros back-to-back, yeah. Wow. Good questions this week, mate. I know. Ready for this one? This is a belter. Uh, Former German international, Tim Weiss, quit football in 2014 to become a professional what? Wrestler. Love his tuck in. (laughs) Oh, my word. A WWE star. WWE star in 2016. You yeah, I mean that? Well, I guess that was, by the way. <laughs> that was a class guess. <laughs> right, Ronaldo is, this is the uh, United Ronaldo, is synonymous with wearing the number seven. But what other two numbers has he worn? Point for each. 17? No. Um, nine. Correct, nine. For Real Madrid. Mm. Uh, do you know what? I, th- I think... You might be right with 17. I think right. I thought he's, he, he's, wore, he's wore 17. No. Are we talking club? Portugal. Club numbers. Is it club yeah, numbers? Club, right. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. 20. I, I want to say 27. Wrong. Go on, Paul. I'm going to say 11. 
Eleven, no. Twenty-eight. Oh, oh. twenty-eight Sporting with Lisbon. Uh, yeah. Sporting, Sporting Lisbon. Lisbon. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was definitely in his in the twenties. Right, ready. Three people have won the Champions League a record three times as a manager. Who are they? A point for each. Zidane. Yep. There's your first point, Paul. <laughs> um, oh God, I'm stumped on this one. Pep? No. We've got a current Premier League manager. In oh, there. the Everton manager. Is it the Everton manager? Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Yeah. yeah. And then last one. Um, I'm thinking, nah, it's not just Old school manager. Otmar Hitzfeld. No. No. Um, Italian. No. Um, he managed in England. He managed in England? But like, talking decades ago. Decades ago. Alf Ramsey? No. One guess, go on. What decade are we talking in? I'm not sure, I'll be honest. I think so. <laughs> possibly 80s, I'm not really sure. Ooh. Do you have any guess? Liverpool manager? Yeah, go on. Paisley? There you go. Back in the game? Back in the game? I'm going to shock you this week, lovey. I've got a tiebreaker. He's never never had a tiebreaker in all the time that we've done it. And, and, and the one time we've needed one, he's got it. <laughs> My wife said to me, have you got a tiebreaker this week? I'm like, I better get one, on Um Right, question six. What is the name of the European Championship trophy? The European Championship trophy? Yeah, yeah. International one, the, like the Euro champions, like Euros. The Euros. Yeah, yeah. So like not the World Cup, but the European Championship. Mm-hmm. What's the name of it? Yeah, yeah. Whew, that's a good one. Um, you never me. get it. No. But if you know it, obviously. So, I've never heard of it personally, mm. and I'll probably pronounce it wrong anyway. <laughs> Henry de Luene Trophy. Terrible. I know. So that was the tiebreaker question? No, that wasn't oh, tiebreaker. Thank God, because I was going to say with Drew. That, that was just question six, but I thought, well, hang on a minute, everyone knows the Jules Remet. Yeah, and yeah, when yeah, I had yeah, that, yeah. everyone was like, oh, good, it's well easy. Yeah. I thought, I'm not giving him up, poor choice. <laughs> right, true or false, question seven. Singer in an Irish boy band, Westlife's Nicky Byrne, played for Leeds United before moving into music. True or false? True. I'll, I'll go false. True. Oh, oh Jolly's a sucky goalkeeper. Here, goalkeeper, I think he was. was it as goalkeeper? Well. Yeah. Oh God! Boy bands and football, like they're a perfect mix for me. <laughs> <laughs> Question eight: Can you name the most capped Germany international of all time? Bastian Schweinsteiger, Lothar Matthäus, or Miroslav Klose? I'll go Lothar Matthäus. Bastian. There's Lothar Matthäus, 150 caps. Lovey brings it back 4 4. Uh, Schweinsteiger, 121, closer, 137. So, I'd have gone Schweinsteiger, though, mm. mean, to be fair. Question 9 Who am I? I have played in the Conference, League 2, League 1, Championship, Premier League, UEFA Cup, Champions League, and the World Cup. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. No. Ooh. Really? Yeah. 
English. Irish. 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 Irish defender. Oh, oh, oh God. Um, Republic. Republic of Ireland, yeah. Um, oh, God, this is tough, this. Just been, just been talking about Paul McGrath off air as well. We have, yeah, have yeah. beyond Paul McGrath. <laughs> yeah. uh, Play for Portsmouth. Oh, stumped. It's not Kernigan, is it? No. Played for Fulham. Give us another club. Played for Liverpool. Not a clue. No, I think. I'm not sure, but I think he was a left back. Is either a left back or a right back? Tim Begley. No. Steve Finnan. Also played for Espanyol. Steve Finnan. Steve Finnan. <laughs> Do you know I how I know? It first round, Do you know how I know that? Because you read off my shoulder the answer. No, because I'm, <laughs> no, because in, I'm an Espanol fan when it comes to uh, Spanish football. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> so he started off at Welling United, and then he played for Notts County, Espanol, Fulham, Birmingham City, Portsmouth, Liverpool, and obviously Republic of Ireland. It's a good career, that. Yeah, I like that. It's not bad, that is it? So what are we on? Love is five four up. To, to use my infamous tiebreaker <laughs> you ready for right which club is sometimes referred to as FC Hollywood big like club big club as well European big club European FC Hollywood yeah yeah I'll go PSG AC Milan no Bayern Munich really Why? Bayern Munich you ready during the 90s Bayern Munich became known as FC Hollywood because their players featured in the gossip pages of the newspaper as frequently as the sports pages. Crazy. Love it. 3-0. Have I done it? You've won it 5-4. Oh, he's come back with was a Steve it? Finnan one, haven't <laughs> was, was that the closest yet, though? That yeah, that was the closest. <laughs> that was the closest. Yeah. I, I even went behind. I was terrified. <laughs> It was it, it, it was twitchy bum there. Wasn't it? <laughs> I was, oh, when you got them three back to back, boom, 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 I was like, "But this is what it feels like in a penalty shootout when, you, <laughs> when you've missed a couple." Uh, yeah. So let us know how you got on with that. Obviously, I made it a little bit harder after I got a little bit of grief about it being too easy. Uh, we'll play "Love Fool" by Cardigans, and then we are going to finish off with having a chat with Paul about the ripple effect of the ECL into non-league. Final segment. Martin Love to me right. We've got Paul Jollis from Curzon Ashton to my left. Intense, intense quizzing. Yeah, it was good that mate. Yeah. It, it felt like an actual, like, you know, Champions League semi final shootout. <laughs> <laughs> felt like I'd been done over on a couple of them. Yeah, you brought it back with that uh, Champions mm. League question. You did well. Right, we're going to finish off. So, obviously, we've spoken. It's been European Super League heavy this sort of. Uh, last two hours but the effects that I've seen across Twitter are obviously non-league clubs are basically saying come here you know what I mean get, yeah. get back involved in, in the non-league scene get back in the local teams if the European Super League goes ahead what's um, what's the ripple effect what's what goes on do you think they go to the EFL or, or do you think that non-league is, is a major attraction pints buys like relaxed atmosphere yeah I mean I, I think um, it, it, we've seen a lot of change in the last 12 months haven't we you know before the, the Super League idea you know people have been 
realise the importance of just being around friends and having having a having a laugh, you know, and having a good time because we've we've not been able to have that. So, obviously, non-league, uh, you know, most levels gives you gives you that opportunity. Nice, you know, watch a match, have a drink if you want a drink, but uh, fundamentally being you know in decent company, I think. Um, like you say, Twitter today. Um, I think it's fair that to say that a lot of people are looking looking now at the local clubs a little bit more as well. So we, we hope it's going to be beneficial. We, do, we we really do. You know, a personal view of mine. It's not necessarily the clubs, but the the, the so-called elite level of the game. It, it's almost become a different game now, anyway. So it, you, you, the, the 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 players. You know, uh, sorry, supporters of the old game are probably more drawn to. To your non-league now, I think, yeah. um, and just for a bit of realism. So I, I think, yeah, I'd, I really do think people will look at, um, you know, what football means to them, what they want to get out of their weekends. Everyone works hard during the week, don't they, and and, and what have you. And y- y- you want to feel as though you're contributing to something at the weekend as well. So uh, non-league is the place to be, definitely. I'm just going to break up. A Klopp's just come out. And said we weren't involved in the process, and he remains opposed to the European Super League despite Liverpool pledging to join. That's huge. That for the manager of a club to say, "Yeah, I'm not having it." And he's the first one. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, I think it'll be the first of many. Do you think? I think it's the top leagues, isn't it? It's, it's the the chairmen, it's the owners, it's, it's the people at the top who are mm. involved in the business, the likes of Klopp and and the players and stuff like that. That they'll if if they're being threatened with not being able to play for their international teams or not being able to play in Premier League a lot of people a lot of players come to the Premier League to play in mm. the Premier League don't they mm. I think I think it's just going to be a major kick off me massively and if Klopp's come out and said that I think that's that's the start of it but do you know what I thought was a little bit naughty after um, United's game last night was the fact that uh, was it Jess Reeves oh jump straight on Ole he, he asked Ole Gunnar Solskjaer what his thoughts was on it when he'd not even had time to digest the information himself mm. I thought that was he a bit he didn't even ask him a question about the match did he no it was no, just all one. around is that right yeah it was yeah. All, it was all around the, the European Super League and, and rightly so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer didn't answer the question because he didn't know what mm. it, it broke ha- at half time and his main focus is the match. Yeah, so and he kept saying it, didn't he? Like, I, I don't know. I've just been focusing on the match, and yeah. it was it was a weird. I think was it Micah Richards said he'd been thrown under, under the bus. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And, and they pretty much cut Micah Richards yeah, yeah, yeah. saying that did, because did they? Did they? yeah, and, and I, th- I think it was it was a fair point to make because it wasn't. It's not. It's no, not a manager's. Ch- Some managers don't pick the play. Don't pick the team. The yeah. players that they they're bringing into the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to ask what he thinks is and does he know anything about it is. Was was crazy. It, it, it was. I just didn't. I just didn't like the way it was handled no. at all. No, but I think that that's going to be the start. Like I say it's just going to be a major kick off. But hopefully, you know, I'm a massive advocate of non-league. Hopefully, this can push fans. Hmm. You, you can still support your club. I still support Man United. But I go watch Curzon. I watch Radcliffe. I watch Mosley. Um, you know, yeah. I, I go and watch them. And obviously, for me, twenty quid down there. If everyone takes twenty quid, you buy a pint a program raffle tickets golden goal whatever I think it's hopefully pushed people towards that non-league scene I think I think like you said it was you feel like your money's going to the cars yeah. or going go to you're more inclined to buy a raffle ticket of course you are like, yeah. that quid is only a quid but if everyone buys a raffle ticket it's 500 quid and it could help 
massively yeah. about hugely. Listen, I mean, we, we we like like most clubs, and you know, you touch on Radcliffe. I know they they do the same. You 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 got to be you got to try and be creative to 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 get money in. It's really 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 difficult. Well, I think we talked about Gary Neville and the impacts he's had in terms of the comments on ESL. Um, you know, at non-league level, you have had the likes of Salford who have benefited from from the class of '92's involvement, and that sort of destabilised a lot of the expectations yeah. around yeah. non-league for yeah. for a while as well. So we've had to we've had to to reach out to different people to to to, to bring in money. And one of the things I remember, I think it was last season. Well, yeah, the, the last season we could have fans in. We had a group of great people from um, an engineering company who come out. I think there was fifteen of them for the day, and we we had a little bit of their uh, corp, well, our corporate entertainment, and they were more than happy to you know to 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 put in exactly you said to the halftime raffle because they were just enjoying themselves yeah, and yeah. hopefully in a nice atmosphere, and and they knew that their money was going to something meaningful. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, you know, you know, I'd like to think other other local companies as well. You know, get involved and and do something similar for whether it be Curzon, touched on Mosley Radcliffe. I think there's loads of clubs. I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to come out with. I'm obviously a Curzon man, but um, single us out. But I think you know, there's more than enough to go around, and uh, hopefully, that's what that's what we see going into next year when people are just dying to get back into yeah. football grounds again. I think I've seen it as well like I say going to non-league I think you see people from the Premier League fans are shifting because you see the introduction of VAR mm. you see the ridiculous decisions weren't somebody um, offside over the weekend for his toe I think, <laughs> I think that was it I can't remember it were but I think it was a toe's width it was offside for and you look at them decisions and you just think what is football Mm. What is that elite football now? And you go and watch proper football. We've said it numerous times. Me, I love it. It's proper football down there. Someone goes in with a bit of a Sunday league tackle. It's applauded. Referees get up, lad. Carry on. You see him. Well, we spoke about it at length last week. Some mm. got tickled on his cheek. He's down for three minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, that's why I think people are, are migrating towards non league because it's proper football. Have a pint. Have a bit of a laugh. And it starts your Saturday off. I think so. And we talk about having a pint, don't we? I think uh, a lot. And it's not just about the beer. Don't get no. me wrong. There's, no, there's no, a lot of things. It's, things it's that but, thing of having a pint at, at but the pub. Like, like you say, decisions. They, 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 we'll, we'll always say that there's terrible decisions as a player. Like yeah. from, from your point of view, Lovie, and, and as a spectator, because I've never played at a decent level, I'm the first person to moan. <laughs> Everyone will tell you that about, at the club. <laughs> but equally, when the rest come in and have the post-match meal, We'll have a little bit of a laugh about it, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, um, dust, and you it? move on because there's no point in overanalyzing no. it. You know, we're not. That's that's not what we're about. It, it is what it is. People make mistakes, yeah, and yeah, be human at the end of it. I do think non-league as well, professionalism-wise, has shot up. You see it now. Non-league was a case that I always it like stereotypically it was Sunday league. You rock up, you get your boots on, smash a couple of balls at the keeper, and you start playing. But now. You're having analytics. You, you're sort of digressing a, a game afterwards. You're on a Thursday, right? This is what this guy does. This is what that guy does. And I think that's, uh, what's the word like rounding the the mm. non-league scene yeah. up a little bit. Do you know what I mean it's 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 creating a better picture and more of an attraction for people because it's not just like you go down to Curzon, the standard down there, the pitch. Mm. And so that's like 
way many leagues above but, where you currently are. Yeah, but I think everybody feels feels proud of the little the little bit that they do. Yeah. You know, yeah. they touched on the pitch. We've had, we've been blessed with great groundsmen over the last few years. Um, Brown groundsman's uh, has, has pride in what he does. Kitman has pride in what he does because it all contributes to mm. to that that bigger thing, yeah, which yeah. is. Um, getting a team together, want you know, hopefully being attractive as well from our perspective, getting players down um, who want to be part of something that you know looks and feels good. Yeah. People do want to be, yeah. want to feel like that, don't they? They want to feel part of something that's that's good as well. And uh, yeah, everyone plays the part, and it's just recognised more instantly. I yeah. think these uh, at non-league level. I, th- I think what what will play a big part in non-league football as well is that you've got all these big clubs professional clubs and, and if the if the uh, e, e, what is it called the ESL, ESL yeah if that if that's if that becomes something and starts there's going there's got to be somewhere for players to play and you've got to be of, a, of another level what people expect to be in them in in them teams in them leagues and i think mm-hmm. as as we come further down the league and when you talk about professionalism the professionalism comes from a lot of these young guys have been released from professional clubs from the age of 11, 12 years old. All they know is professional football. Yeah. So when they go to an amateur football club or a semi-professional football club, that's what they know. So everything changes that way. And that's why the standard of the football is much better. And then when you've got surfaces like like yours to play <laughs> on, the, the game becomes easier and, and, and better to play. So the standard that um, an, an average Joe will go and watch you, you get in the atmosphere of just being with part of a community. You, you're being involved in the running of the club, and also you're starting to watch good football because these players are good. They've come. They've been. Most of them have been released from from high level football yeah, yeah. clubs. Do you know what I mean? So, I I do think, and I, I know you're getting me to wrap it up, mate. But I I <laughs> I, do, I do think that 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 would support if if that ESL starts I think it would support the lo- the lower league clubs and it will funnel better players into it it will fu- funnel, funnel more revenue in and uh, it it just be like it just be a great great day out to take the kids especially in a summer's day and stuff 100% right yeah we are wrapping it up there <laughs> uh, Paul thank you for your time these past two hours as always has absolutely flew by thank you love it we're aiming for 4-0 next week Oh, mate, I'm doing all right, aren't I? Doing okay, yeah. Um, Yeah, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Monday. Join us um, 6 to 8 on Manchester Radio. Get at us on our socials, Football Man Cave. Um, Get involved and uh, see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.